This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. Linda Cohen along with you. If you find a lump or other change in your breast, often the first thought involves the C word. But there's more to the story that needs to be known. And here to help us with this dilemma is Dr. Sam Benjamin. He's assistant professor of medicine specializing in hematology and oncology at Upstate Medical University. Welcome, Dr. Benjamin. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Linda. So, of course, when one discovers a lump in their breast, the first thing that they fear is breast cancer. But obviously, that's not the full story. So help us understand, what are the important steps that need to be taken? And and what does one need to understand when this occurs? So, Linda, there are uh, usually two situations that arise when the breast lump is found. Uh, One situation is when uh, patients have screening mammograms um, uh, routinely, and and those detect, like, calcifications or findings in the breast that are suspicious. Second situation that can arise is a relatively rare rare in, uh, in incidence is when the patient herself feels a lump, okay? And that's a little different situation as well. Uh, in both cases, the first step would be to um, get in touch with their primary care physician and let them know that this has happened. Now, in case of a screening mammography, for example, you know, the, it's usually ordered by the physicians, by the by the patient's gynecologist or primary care doctor, so they are they will be uh, um, um, notified. Notified, anyway. yeah, that's correct. But um, I think the most important thing is if the patient herself, or in some certain rare cases himself, uh, detects a mass, that they should not hesitate to contact their primary care doctor or primary care provider, uh, whether it's a nurse practitioner, a PA, or a physician, to get in touch with them as soon as possible to have it. Uh, investigated. Yeah, now uh, it was something that I came across which I wasn't I wasn't um, knowledgeable about that breast lumps can be somewhat common and often they are non-cancerous mm-hmm. or they're benign, especially even in younger women. Correct. So, I guess as you said, the mm-hmm. first thing to do is to speak with your physician. Mm-hmm. And then generally what follows from there. And then uh, usually, I mean, if this has been uh, self-palpated, meaning the patient herself has found this, then imaging would be the next step. Um, either So, a, so if a, mammo had, a mammogram had not been done, but it was, it was discovered inadvertently during yep. showering mm-hmm. or something. And actually, I don't know if so many women today are doing self-exams because at one time it was hugely pushed as Mm -hmm. a major thing for everyone to do Mm -hmm. regularly, Mm -hmm. and it seems to have fallen away as as something that people are doing. If you consider the fact that uh, most patients um, routinely see their primary providers maybe once a year for an annual physical, um, and sometimes not even that, it's very important that we do not forget the importance of self-inspection. Okay? Um, it is true that majority of uh, self-palpated um, lesions may not be cancerous. Uh, they could be fibroadenomas. Uh, they could be simple cysts. Um, it could be an infection. Um, so there, there, there are different uh, possibilities in, in, a, in the differential diagnosis. But ultimately, uh, I think it's very important, though, that uh, that unless we do imaging and at times even a biopsy, we won't know for a fact that it's not cancerous. So the bottom line is if it's been found either in a routine mammo, mm-hmm. mammogram, mm-hmm. 
or by self-palpation, mm -hmm. you want to speak to your primary care physician and the next step generally would be to do what? Would you see a breast surgeon? Correct. Would you see an oncologist? Right. Help us understand what the next. Right. Uh, so most imaging centers have the ability to do um, 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 ultrasound guided or um, uh, MRI guided uh, biopsies. Um, so, um, so they don't necessarily have to see a surgeon right away to get a biopsy done. Um, um, but oftentimes the primary provider, once they get a diagnosis, suspicious of cancer even, uh, they do often uh, refer the patient directly to a surgeon. When you talk about these different uh, methods of guided mm -hmm. biopsies, mm -hmm. are they always, um, are they ever fine needle aspiration, for example, which I know is a little less invasive, mm -hmm. or is there really an actual uh, excision? Excision, yeah. Uh, the, so the, you know, the standard of care would be a core biopsy, okay? A core biopsy allows us to get enough tissue uh, at the very get-go to get enough tissue to be able to make a diagnosis one way or the other. Fine needle aspirations are good for if the, if the uh, say the ultrasound of the breast is highly suggestive of a cyst or, or an abscess. Um, but if it's a fairly a solid mass, uh, it needs to have, a, a, then uh, ideally it should be a core biopsy. Which mm -hmm. means actually going in and cutting out some tissue. Right. It's Again, it's not the same as taking an entire piece of breast out. It's just, you know, getting enough a sample of tissue to make a firm diagnosis one way or the other. Mm -hmm. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Upstate's Health Link on air. I'm Linda Cohen along with oncologist Dr. Sam Benjamin. We're talking about what to do when you find or should you find a breast lump. Mm -hmm. Is anything different about how you would approach this if the patient were male? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's not as well understood or known or widely known that men can also get breast cancer. Right. Um, male breast cancer is obviously relatively rare. It's 1% of all breast cancers. So, you know, uh, in terms, but uh, that uh, said, I mean, there has been, um, as um, we uh, deal with the uh, epidemic of obesity um, and other health conditions that, pre that increase the risk in women, it's also increasing the risk in men. And uh, therefore, it is not, um, I, I personally have several patients who've had male breast cancer. And so it is something that is becoming more and more recognized um, and therefore should be in the radar of the patient and the physicians. But in terms of your steps mm -hmm. or how you would approach it, is Correct. there anything different? Not not really. I mean, I think that you can follow the same steps. In fact, uh, um, male breast cancers are much easier to get to because of the of the paucity of breast tissue in many cases, um, so they're very easily accessible. Um, the key thing to, to, I think the key point that I'd like to make is that uh, detecting uh, breast cancer in a male at, at a very early stage is critically important just as it is in the, in the, fe in the, in the female yeah. patients, in, in women. Uh, the re and oftentimes, um, Historical data has shown that the reason why men fare worse is because they tend to either ignore it or um, it detect, gets detected at later stages. Not necessarily oh. that male breast cancer patients do 
worse off in terms of the biology of the cancer. That's very mm -hmm. interesting, mm -hmm. and that's a very key point. So what you're saying is that perhaps people don't take it as seriously, thinking, oh, it can't happen to a male, mm -hmm. but in fact, if they do pay attention and there is early diagnosis and treatment, they will do as well as women. Correct. With the same opportunities. Opportunities. Um, one of the few differences I would say is that uh, a male breast cancer patient uh, even devoid of any family history, regardless of age, should get genetic testing automatically. Because is there, again, a BRCA gene that That's plays right. a role yep. here as well? That is correct. Very yep. interesting. So it's not just the idea of our obesity playing a role, but there can be genetic factors. There could be genetic factors. That's so how right. important, going back to that, how important is family history in the consideration mm -hmm. that you might approach, mm -hmm. the way you might approach somebody who is, you've identified a lump? Correct. So family history is one of the several factors that we take into consideration when we consider the risk of uh, a lump being cancerous, for sure. Um, and, uh, and obviously, uh, going to the, uh, in, uh, you know, the screening guidelines can differ as well. Um, in fact, even without being a carrier for the BRCA1 and 2 mutations, uh, any uh, strong family history can warrant screening in a, in a woman who, uh, with, a, with a first, second, or third degree relative who has breast cancer 10 years prior to, their diagno prior to the diagnosis of that relative. Oh, really? And I'll so give you an example. Yeah, give me yeah. an example. So if, um, if, a, if a woman knows that her mother was diagnosed at the age of um, say 45, which is an early breast cancer, and has been tested for the BRCA1 and 2 gene, the mother has, and was still found to be ne negative, we would still recommend some sort of screening 10 years prior to... So at 35. Exactly, yep. Wow. And that is, uh, so that's important to recognize that we, we even though um, we, there are more... Um, the public is aware of the BRCA1 and 2 gene mutations. Uh, those are still relatively rare, uh, less than 10%. Uh, there are other factors that come into play that may uh, put women at risk for breast cancer and genetic factors that we have yet to uh, pinpoint, even with uh, extended panel I testing. I think that's very, very interesting. Let me ask you about this this idea about when a person is waiting to get results. Let's say they've had a core biopsy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it seems there are a lot of emotional considerations Correct. for the patient waiting. Mm -hmm. And I guess my point, is, my question to you is, should they have to wait for long periods for mm -hmm. the pathology to come back? Mm -hmm. I mean, is there an effort to kind of expedite this so that the answer is more um, speedy, yeah. to, you know, available? So, you know, it differs from institution to institution. Uh, thankfully, at Upstate, we have a turnaround time from the time the biopsy is done of maybe 48 hours. 48 to 72 hours, which is very, very quick. Um, and um, not to uh, give undue attention, but uh, at, the, at Upstate, we have a multidisciplinary uh, program that allows patients to access multiple different disciplines uh, at the same time, which I think helps to alleviate some of the anxiety that comes with the diagnosis. So say a patient has had a biopsy that is positive for invasive breast cancer or even pre-invasive breast cancer like ductal carcinoma in situ is a pre-invasive, which still warrants surgery and other interventions. Um, having the uh, opportunity to be evaluated um, um, uh, by multiple disciplines 
by which I mean surgical oncology, medical oncology, and radiation oncology at the same time, not necessarily all three at the same time, but one or more, um, allows the patient to get a very much more comprehensive um, approach to their condition. And maybe a feeling of safety net. Correct. Because you have all of these specialists kind of working collaboratively Absolutely. to target your right. problem. So um, so what's the option? What are the options these days? Mm-hmm. I don't want to run out mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. Help us understand, mm-hmm. just briefly, what are the options? Let's say mm-hmm. you find out it's mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. male, female, either Correct. way. Yeah. What are the options? Right. Uh, it's been well established over the last 20 plus years that uh, it is absolutely not necessary in many situations to have the entire breast out. In other words, a mastectomy. Studies after studies have shown that patients who have early stage breast cancer, uh, smaller tumors and not locally advanced breast cancers do benefit from breast conserving surgery followed by radiation and the outcomes are as good and, sometimes, and there's some suggestion maybe even better than mastectomies. Do they need chemo as well? Not necessarily. Wow. So um, uh, there are recent studies that have shown that many women that we used to treat uh, with chemotherapy automatically, especially younger women, do not absolutely require chemotherapy because of the uh, advent of genet- uh, molecular testing of their tumors. So very briefly, I know it's a controversial subject sure. these days. What's the bottom line about mammography? I mean, what's the screening? I know that some some governmental groups say start at age 50. Others say start at age 40, and, and there's different recommendations. Right. What do you tell your patients? I think there are the general guidelines still hold. The uh, United States Preventive Task Force has come out with the recommendation um, that regardless of family history, women above 50, should, 50 and over should get screening at least once every two years. Um, we, but I think it's very important to un- understand that we need to individualize patient, based on the patient's f- personal and family history. Uh, like the example that I gave you earlier, uh, a woman who has a family history should probably get screening much earlier. So it's never one size fits all. That is correct. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. My guest has been Dr. Sam Benjamin, Assistant Professor of Medicine specializing in hematology oncology at Upstate Medical University. I'm Linda Cohen. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air.